Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Alright, here we are again! We're back at the Wayward. We're back in Appalachia. You can hear the crickets. Oh, uh, somebody's dropping a nuke. Uh, wait, hold on. Just logged in. Don't know what's going on here. Where's the nuke going? Uh, oh, yeah, they're gonna go after the Scorched Queen. Alright, time to leave, Wayward. Bye, Wayward. Bye, friends at the Wayward. Bye, Brahmin. See you all later. We're heading off to the east. I originally thought I would head off to the west and uh, down to... Flatwoods. Oh, here we go. Nuclear strike imminent. Nuclear strike imminent. Please I was gonna go down to Flatwoods. At your earliest convenience. But instead, we're heading east, Thank northeast. You for your cooperation. Because uh, there's there's a mine up here. The, the whole the whole to do thing about the whole to do thing is that is that a phrase? The whole thing about Golly Mine, I figured would be worth checking into and. In digging into this a little bit more, turns out that there's a lot more going on there than I had originally remembered. Also, along the way, you've got this old Slocum's Joe. Slocum's Joe, old-looking place. You can't go in it, but if, you, if you're familiar with Slocum's Joe, he's the, he's the donut-looking guy. Um, and it's not Slocum Joe's. I always think Slocum Joe's in my head, but it's Slocum's Joe. Yeah, so they- their claim to fame is actually kind of interesting. Here, I'll- I'll tell you a little story as we're heading over closer to the mine here. Uh, turns out that they were trying to solve how to keep donuts hot, and, uh, also the coffee at the same time. And so the solution was to put scalding hot coffee inside donuts, and then, uh, everybody got third-degree burns. What? I don't know where that Scorch is running off to, but he's- he's heading away. Alright, is this Golly Mine? I think we're at... Yeah, here we go. This is Golly Mine. You can tell because it's got train cars and this big old wood shack thing on the outside. And, uh, danger, abandoned mine, keep out- Oh, oh, and we're getting shot at. Stop that. Uh, I got my laser sword. Oh, I hear another one. Alright, they're, they're just gonna chase me, so we're gonna head into the mine. Bye guys, see you later! Bye! So, Golly Mine is interesting. There is a lot more going on here. T turns out that this is the location where you have to go save your buddy, uh, and that people thought maybe there was like, hidden treasure in Golly Mine, but turns out that there's more than that going on. Well, I guess I should say, there's not- the hidden treasure is not really what people thought it might be. Ouch! Mole rat? Now its body is just flopping around. You hear that? That's mole rat body flopping. So inside Golly Mine, we've got a number of mole rats and other creatures like... I don't know, scorched corpses all in here. And as you get deeper into the mine, you, um, you learn some things. You find some, uh... There's another, there's another... Oh, here, uh... All sorts of more. Oh, that guy just totally exploded when I hit him. Uh, oh, lighter up. So here's a holotape. Let's hear what this says. OK, 
Okay, gang, the boss wanted me to leave you some instructions, since you apparently can't run this mine without me holding your hands. We're gonna light this place up today. The holes are drilled, so just get the dynamite packed in and wired up. Make sure everyone's a safe distance this time. Tommy, you do not touch the plungers. Got it? You're the reason we're down two guys this month. Carl, you're in charge. Don't fuck this up. Don't F this up. Yeah, so this mine has an interesting history. Turns out that this was... Uh, there's a few different things going on. It's a mine that was during the pre-war. Don't mind me, I'm just killing a bunch more mole rats. Uh, during the pre-war, they were trying to automate the mine. It was a mine that was being actually mined by individuals, by humans, by themselves. Because the size of the mine was fairly small, and it was tough to automate the setup. And get it all working the way that, that they had wanted it to. Um, and they weren't quite able to do that. It's it, it was kind of novel for that time that automation hadn't occurred in the mine itself. And on top of that, there's a little something else going on. It was decided that this was a, a, a good location in order to try out something new with Robco. Alright, so let's get into some of the other details here. I'm going to hop out of the game and we'll continue the conversation. Alright, we're back. Now, here, let's go into some of the details. Let's start with some of the things that you are more familiar with based on the things that we've already discussed so far. Now, we've met Sol and Polly already at the Wayward. Sol's story is that he was exploring Golly Mine, looking for the treasure of Appalachia, when he and Polly were ambushed. Remember this? So the first time you visit Golly Mine, you're looking to save Sol. And Sol is, he's knocked down on the ground. You have to go basically save, save his butt. <laughs> and then you find Polly's head and you go on this whole adventure where you have to find a new body for Polly. Now, the mine is particularly interesting for a few different reasons. So as I stated in the, at the beginning of the show, they were trying to automate the mining machines. But as you go through the mine, one of the things you'll notice is that there are, in the early sections of the mine, there are rail cars, like uh, actual paths for the railway in order to move and, and bring, uh, you know, the rail cars. So isn't that what they're called? You know, where you, where you put the all the stuff you've been mining on these cars and then ship it back out to the front in order to remove it. And so some of the infrastructure is in there for that, but it's not it's not completely automated. This was still a mine that was run by humans, humans like Carl and Tommy and a guy named Greg Harris, who you heard in the holotape. And we have some insight into the things that they were doing and the things that they were saying in the mine and the conversations that were happening because we have holotapes that are left around. There are uh, a few different interfaces that you can look at. And um, here, check this out. We have some terminals, Greg's mine supply terminal entries that tell us a little bit more about the story. So, of course, we don't have all of them, but we have, for example, day 45, version 0.34. 
This says, previous test. Not sure what happened to my previous notes. Probably need a terminal upgrade, but that's got to wait. Besides, I doubt my past failures are going to be that helpful anyway. Version notes. Got rid of the spinning pickaxes on the front. As soon as they hit rock, they either broke or the machine ground to a halt. Swapped the motor out with one from the truck out back. It's a bit too powerful, so still working on how to control the torque. It's also loud. You can see that they're trying to build their own automated mining machines. Day 48, version 0.35. Nearly ripped out the drill bit and the draft... Uh, I'm sorry, and the shaft melted, not to mention the rumbling just about shook my building to the ground. Took no time at all for old Miss Withers from across the street to start banging on my door. Told her it was an accident, but not sure she bought it. Version notes. Changed out the bit on the front with the one from the industrial equipment. Wired in an old terminal to the circuit board to have it control the speed and torque. All right. Another week goes by. Day 55, version 0.36. The mine foreman was back today asking about my work on the automated mining equipment I promised. Had to tell him something, but not sure he believes me any more than my neighbor. What am I supposed to do? I can tell him anything he wants to know about mining gear, but I know jack all about computers. I've got one week left to show him something. Version notes, swapped out the terminal for a salvage protectron's old circuit board. Added the treads from a sentry bot that Carl procured. <laughs> procured, procured procured man words are hard procured is in quotes uh day 63 and the final note version xx what a nightmare that protectron industrial drill slash sentry bot hybrid nearly swept off the foreman's head when i tried to show it off off out back took him no time to cancel my contract or our contract and kill my future. I've sunk everything into this last ditch effort to update my business. If I don't act soon, I am going to lose everything. I bet that crotchety money bags Miss Withers would love that. And no version notes on that one. No update on the version. So these notes are on Greg's terminals. And when you interact with them, it says, welcome, Greg. So the assumption is that Greg is the one who's writing this. Greg is the supervisor of the mine. He's the one who owns this business. And he was the one looking for this solution. Now, he was not able to come up with a solution in order to do this. Now, part of the question is, what is he looking to automate? What is he really trying to do here? And why does he only have so much time to do this? Well, the obvious question, answer to that question would be profitability, trying to make sure that this mine, which was not so profitable, could become a profitable location. This is a business after all. You're supposed to be able to get enough material out of the mine that the time and the money spent to do it makes sense financially. So that seems obvious, right? If you couldn't dig fast enough, if the people that were digging with pickaxes and those kinds of things had a more automated way of getting the material out of the mine, then you're going to make more money. So sure, that makes sense. But what if there's another story here? And in order to dig into this, we have to talk about somebody that I don't think you expected to come up in a Fallout 76 episode, Mr. House. What does Mr. House have to do with a tiny little mine over here in Appalachia? He lives in Las Vegas, right? Or in New Vegas, eventually. But during the pre-war time, when 
Greg and Carl and Tommy and these other individuals would would have been working on this mine. Mr. House was doing certain other things. Remember, he was the one who predicted basically the end of the world. He was the one who had prepared for himself a way to survive should the end times come. He built up basically a fortress in Las Vegas to preserve himself into the future, but also to protect that city and the surrounding area from any nuclear weapons that would have gone off. Mr. House was very forward thinking. And if if you need a refresher, go back and listen way early. Um, I think it was one of the first, I don't know, 50 episodes of the show, uh, the Mr. House episode. Go listen to the Mr. House episode and all the stuff that Mr. House was getting up to. But he wasn't only focused on doing things in Las Vegas. He was an extremely wealthy person who was the owner of a number of other businesses, one of which was Robco. Did you know the Voltec Robco partnership is considered the most successful joint venture? in the history of American industry. That quote comes from the Vault 101 PA system, <laughs> which is which is an interesting pull. That's from Fallout 3. So now we're, we're tying a bunch of different things together here. So Robco is a multi-billion dollar robotics and software corporation, which was founded by Robert House. He didn't buy it. He founded it. He started this company. Now, why did he start this company? Well, I believe a few things are going on. First of all, if you're going to design a company that is going to usher in a new age of automation and artificial intelligence, then you're going to compete with a number of these other companies, which were their peers. Poseidon Energy, for example, would be one of them. But Mr. House being a genius and having lots of money and and whatever the behind the scenes were was able to do so basically the rob crow products were so well manufactured and marketed to the population at large that they changed the world they ushered in this era of automation which caused a lot more people to lose their jobs and man does that seem very similar to what we're dealing with with ai and those kinds of things today but in doing this, made a ton of money. It not only made a ton of money, though, it gave Robert House inroads into working with the United States government on defense contracts and those kinds of, of details. It also drew connections to companies like vault which were investing in these underground bunkers in order to deal with the fallout of a nuclear war. So Robert House had uh, his hands kind of in each of these piles, if that makes sense. And I don't know if piles is the best analogy, but each of these areas, automation, robotics, AI, defense, and then also the vault system. He was connected to all of this stuff. But what does all of that have to do with Gully Mine? Well, the answer to that is the Robco AutoCache 001. And we're going to get into the details about that after the break. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, 
sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and a big shout-out to our newest patron, Mr. Bob. Welcome to the Patreon. And shout-outs to our Sentry bots, Dylan R. and Mark C. Thank you for your support, and to all 72 of our patrons, thank you for supporting the show. I hope you're enjoying your ad-free episodes, your early episodes, your stickers, your t-shirts depending on the tier that you are at and to those of you who are tier four or five being able to join me at the end of every month and those we had a wonderful trivia time this this last month and we've got another uh patron episode coming up in three weeks on the 26th so that'll no i'm sorry 25th 25th the last tuesday of the month is the 25th so uh feel free to join us if you'd like to check that out head over to patreon.com slash fallout lorecast for taking a look at all the different stuff and and joining the patreon if that's something you're interested in also if you drop a five-star review on apple podcasts i will read it out on a future episode of the show like these ones this one is from actually this is like international day we have uh one from great britain and two from norway the first one is from great britain it says uh this is from olibarto olibarto 69 nice the last word on everything fallout Wow, uh, no pressure there. I've been a listener for about six months now and have consumed almost all episodes already. Lobots, Lobots, did I just call myself Lobots? Robots delivers information super clearly, I guess not, uh, cleverly and with huge passion. Really love the full playthrough episodes and would love more of them. Keep up the good work. You know what? I've considered, I've been considering doing some more playthrough episodes and what that might look like and how to kind of change that up a little bit. So I'll, I'll keep those ideas cooking. Alabarto, thank you for that. And uh, it looks like I was incorrect. There's one from Norway and it must have been updated because it shows up twice on my list. But I'm going to read the full uh, final edited version. This is from F period in Norway. Thank you for the review. Amazing show. If you're looking for info about Fallout then look no further. I started listening to this podcast two and a half months ago, and I have listened to all of it. I always wanted to learn more about the lore, but because of my dyslexia, it's hard to read all the info. So I have to uh, have someone to tell. So to have someone tell you the lore is amazing. Uh, because of this podcast, I found love for 76 again. I pre-ordered it and played a couple of days, but didn't like it. And now it's an amazing game. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it now. So F, thank you so much for leaving that review. And to anyone else who would like to help out the show, if you are listening on Spotify, you can, of course, rate the show on Spotify. But now there's a feature where you can you'll see little questions like, what did you think about this episode? And if you leave some comments on there, that would be super helpful, some positive comments. And I'll make sure that they, they show up on those those episodes. And uh uh, just, you know, telling your friends and all of that. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Final note. Uh, next week, I will be in Las Vegas. Speaking of Robert House uh, for the <laughs> the ESO event. There's an ESO event in Las Vegas. I'll be doing that all next week. So I may not be able to put out an episode next week. I might just kind of take the week off and have a few vacation days. There's a lot of travel involved with all of that. So um, it's been like a year. I haven't taken, I don't think I've taken a day off or maybe I've taken one day off of this show in the last year. 
So it's time for a little vacation. Uh, but uh, hopefully it'll be fun. And heck, if I learn anything about Fallout while I'm out there, I'll let you know. But chances are it's all going to be Elder Scrolls Online. But thank you for your patience with that. And let's move on with the rest of the show. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, we're back. So I teased you the name, the Robco Autocash 001 before the break. Now, what is that? Now, when I started digging into this, I've played through this part of the game probably three times at this point, at least. And I I thought I understood everything that was going on here at Golly Mine, but it turns out there was more. In researching this, I learned what the Robco Autocash actually was. And it's very interesting. This was Robert House's first foray into figuring out if he could do something similar to what Vault-Tec was doing. This is this is the Robco version of a vault, basically. Now, this vault in particular wasn't finished. It was an early attempt at something like a vault. So let's back up a little bit. You have Golly Mine. You have the people working at Golly Mine. You have the the issue with it being kind of this small mine that nobody knows about. Can't automate the workers. They need some money. So putting the pieces together here, there is a Robco actual location, a factory in Appalachia. There is a group that is nearby. So why would this make sense? It answers the question. Why, why so far away from Las Vegas? Well, Robert House was the... CEO and owner of the company, but the company was national. There were locations all over the place. And if they were going to do some preliminary work in the first version 001 of this auto cash, then it didn't necessarily have to be in Las Vegas or in Nevada. It could have been out here in Appalachia. Maybe this was something that was being set up by that local manufacturing site. And so they they look around and of course there are all these different mines in the area because mining was big and they find golly mine which is in desperate need of money of automation and of a way to keep itself going and so and this is all headcanon none of this is stated exactly like this but imagine you're a small mine owner who's having a hard time making a profit and all of a sudden robco industries shows up and says Hey, we've got a bunch of money we can give you if you can let us use this mine, this property. What do you do then? You probably go, okay, sounds like a good deal. So we do have the, uh, the some of the information on the terminals from the 001 actual terminal entries. So the first one here is the systems registration terminal. It says, uh, basically, this is a wall-mounted terminal next to the observation room, next to the cache. And cache as in C-A-C-H-E, not C-A-S-H. And it says, Robco Experimental Autocache, welcome text, title line. And then next it says, George, house is shutting down the autocache project. Please wipe this before they seal the place. I hope you're happy, K." Okay, so immediately we just we just learned about this. But the first entry is that house is not happy with this project and is shutting it down. We get another entry here. It says tour guide walkthrough for internal Robco use only. George, 
again. And George was the guy who was in charge with uh, getting all this stuff set up for Robco at the actual site here. They're moving up the first tour. I know you said it takes six months. We've got two weeks. Here are my notes for the tour. I left more in the cache for proprietary fixes. Clean them up. <laughs> clean them all up before the guests arrive. Get it done. And then it says 10 steps to sales. One, prior to customer arrival, register your Pip-Boy with this terminal using selection on the previous screen. Do this first. It's the only way to shut off the security. Legal will skin us if we turn in more injury forms. And then that's more injury forms. Okay. Then two, approach the customer with a friendly but firm handshake. Three, lead the customer to the entrance and run through the included Robco AutoCache introduction script. Four, position yourself inside the scan ring in front of the cache entrance. Five, present registered Pip-Boy toward the patented Robco Easy Access I. Just have them stand still inside the ring. It's not rocket science. K. Proceed inside the cache. That's number six. Number seven, run through the included auto cache tour script. Eight, proceed to Robco Mega Dispenser. Nine, give customer a dispenser token and request they deposit it in the slot of their choice. We've only got one token. Left it on the podium in the showroom. Do not lose it. You find this later when you actually get into the cache itself. 10. Escort the customer out of their very own keepsake while recruiting the Robco Cash customizability script. House will take any reason to shutter us, wants the resources for something personal. This tour needs to sparkle. George. Left some sparkle under the desk. Don't mess this up. <laughs> now, these files were not removed from the from the cache, right from the uh, well, I guess the the terminals. And so we're able to see the conflict that was going on. It looks like this was something that was initiated by Robco itself, but but House was not big on this concept and wanted this stuff for something personal. My assumption here would be that he was working on the whole system that he would use in order to keep himself alive. And so he wanted the resources for that. And so he gives them two weeks to accomplish what should have taken six months. So, you know, typical corporation BS type stuff. So what this does is it explains to us basically what was going on is that you have Crane, the guy that was looking for the treasure of Appalachia and the other unsavory types trying to get into this location. And they couldn't get in because they didn't have a Pip-Boy. You needed to scan a Pip-Boy in order to get into the auto cache. And so that's where a lot of this rumoring was going around. They had found a location that looked like it was locked down, thought maybe there was some treasure in it. And so all of a sudden this rumor goes out, right? And the people like Sol get caught up in it, looking around in the mine, attacked by a bunch of scorched, and then Polly gets taken apart and all of that. But once you go through all the details and you're able to find the actual auto cache in the mine and able to get in, you find that this was fairly fleshed out. There are a number of different dispensers and there's only one token and it is sitting on the podium. And so you're able to go up to one of these dispensers, put the token in once and get something out of it. So they did set it up a bit. It wasn't a total failure. 
And the way that they set up the auto cache is interesting because it's like it says, it's an auto cache. It's a place to store things, but it isn't set up to store people. This wasn't fully fleshed out like like one of the vaults that you would find made by Vault Tech, where you have locations for people to live and to sleep and to cook their food and to, to work and all of that. This was set up as a basically a depository to hide things and keep them secure, which is kind of unique and interesting. I can't think of anything in particular that was designed simply for that reason. I mean, basically, it's a vault if you think about it that way. In fact, it was being marketed in a very similar way. So, for example, there is a flyer that you can find pinned to the Robco at your service sign, which says uh, the insert final name. They, they never came up with a final name for the auto cache. The Robco auto cache was not as good as the <laughs> they could have done. Right. They're still trying to kind of come up with a marketing name for it. So this is an early flyer that they would have swapped out those words. Right. The whatever they would have called it. Imagine all your most precious memories here accessible anytime you'd like without the need for unscrupulous human guards order yours today coming insert date so this was clearly an early project that never got finished and it was close it was close to being finished and you can tell that the individuals who worked on this worked very hard to try to get this done in two weeks as opposed to the six months that it would have taken now, the story of the autocache ends with, of course, it failing because in the two weeks they weren't able to get everything done. Uh, K, whoever this is, it's just the letter K on these notes, was very upset with this. George had not accomplished everything that K had told George to do. And Robert House decides to shutter the project because, of course, it failed being given only two weeks to do what would have taken six months. And so it was never fleshed out. It was never finalized. It was never given a, a final name. The marketing for it was never finished. But we were left with this cache, this room that was hidden away and still functioned enough in order to keep something in there without the need of pesky human guards in order to guard it. And so that's why Crane gets so interested in this because Crane comes across a map of the facility and realizes that there's something down here locked away. And so that turns into the rumor of the treasure of Gully Mine. And so now you know the whole story. This kind of brings it all back around. And now, just in, in final here, I thought it was so cool that Robert House is associated with this. Like, this is one of those things that happens in Fallout all the time, is that these characters, these important characters show up all over the place. They're kind of echoes of them and the things that they had been doing pre-war or or whatever. And in this case, it, this is a Robert House story. And it's a tiny one. It's a small one. And I, would, I wouldn't expect that we see any other of these auto caches because this was the test site and it failed. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other projects out there that House was working on or Robco was working on or whoever was working on that never quite made it to fruition. So very cool stuff. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Thank you for tuning in again. And just another reminder, I'll be in Las Vegas next week. So chances are I'll be skipping uh, the episode for next week because I'll be busy and traveling and all of that. So I hope, I hope you have a wonderful week 
and I'll see you when I get back. Stay safe out there. Bye, everybody. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.